Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media, where I'll include their links in the show notes. So I told y'all September was going to be a busy month, and oh my gosh, it's finally done. I, uh, whew, 162 events in three years, I just finished for for the year. I'm done. So my post-traumatic purpose tour has been out on the road for three straight years. And I just did my 162nd date. And man, it's like I saw the finish line from so far away. And I, I was I, honestly, I was getting getting really, really run down and extremely depressed And I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it, man. I'll be honest. Like, so I'm the guy out here talking about this stuff. I'm the guy teaching people about this stuff. And man, it was crushing me. And what, what I've realized is that I am just exposing myself so much into making myself available to so many people. And it's, uh, it, it, that comes with a price and, and, and I'm not complaining because, Hey man, this is the bed that I made. I, I chose to step up. And, and hopefully be a leader in this charge and this mental health charge. And, but, oh my gosh, man, I'll tell you, I, um, I just finished up and I don't even remember what city I was just in. That's how great Naperville, Illinois. That's where I was. It all runs together for me. I have, I haven't been on here in weeks. Um, I've noticed that my other episodes have just completely blown up and there's a reason for that. I want to get into this TikTok thing, man. I want to talk to y'all about TikTok. I, I swore to myself, I would never do TikTok ever because I thought that was a, a like a young people's platform. Like a, um, I thought that was a platform for teenagers, honestly. I, I, and I'm, and I guess I was ignorant to it and I was on the road and we were uh, finishing up in Carthage, Illinois several weeks ago. I'll say about three weeks ago. And, um, my buddy Austin, who travels with me now, and he films all of my events, he said, dude, you got to get on TikTok, man. TikTok is where it's at. And Austin's a younger guy. He's 30. And I was just like, dude, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm a grown man. I'm not doing that childish shit. And he told me, he's like, dude, I'm telling you, he goes, it, it's so much better than Instagram. So, all right, all right, Austin, I'll do it. So what I did is I put one video, one of my videos that was a hard hitter on Instagram, I decided to put it on TikTok. And hang on, let me pull these numbers up for you so I'm not bullshitting. Um, This video went up two and a half weeks ago. It's already, it just hit 2 million views. That's one video. And 
I went from zero followers followers on TikTok to I'm looking at let's see I want to make sure I get the right number let me refresh 79,000 in 2 weeks. It's it's ridiculous and I've been working for 10 years to build Instagram and my Instagram page I'm only <clears throat> let's see where I'm at. I'm only at 70,000 on my Instagram page and I've been working 10 years to do that. So anyhow what I'm getting at is TikTok blew up, but what I was not what I was not ready for was 70,000 messages. When I tell you my inbox was lit up people, I can't keep track of it. I was having a hard enough time just with Instagram and, and trying to reply to people. I'm 3000 messages or it's like 2,700 messages now in my Instagram box that I try to get to, but they just keep coming. And now, <laughs> now on TikTok, I'm just like, holy fuck, how do I do this? So bear with me. I appreciate the support. Um, everybody that just came over from TikTok, I guess they just, they didn't even know who I was. And all of a sudden they're on board and man, my book sales just went through the roof. I shot back up into the top 10 on Amazon. I, I actually hit number four last night. I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice, but I'm going to tell you why here in a second. Um, I'm losing my voice because I just finished up my seventh event in, in a week and a half. And I don't even remember where we were. It it really was a blur, but I can tell you something funny that happened to me. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where. I'm going to just tell you a funny story. So when I'm on stage and I'm I'm up there reliving the worst things imaginable in my life, I do that not because I enjoy doing it. I, I don't enjoy reliving dark things for, for people that I've never met. I enjoy helping people. And in my feeling is in order for me to be 100% um, authentic with what I do, I got to go to some dark places, unfortunately. And when I do, it hurts. Well, I was on stage in, in one of these one of these event locations and while I was in the middle of some really, really, really heavy stuff, I heard someone laughing. And the entire audience is, is as quiet as a mouse. I mean, because everybody's like listening to what I'm saying. It's, it's gripping what I was talking about. And I hear this laughter. This has never happened before. So I look over out of the corner of my eye and I see a lady looking at her phone and showing her friend her phone next to her. All right. And I just want to kind of explain to you some of the shit that I, that I go through and not, this isn't for sympathy. This is just, it's honestly, it's kind of funny because what's funny is what happened next. I see this lady out the corner of my eye. <clears throat> I'm in the middle of one of the worst moments that, that, that I'm talking about. And I'm trying to tell myself, don't do it, Travis. Don't say anything. Just, just let it be. Just let it be. Just let it be. But I had to say something. I had to let this lady know that this is unacceptable. So what I decided to do is I tried to, I said, you know what? Do it professionally. Do not light this woman up because I'm very capable of doing that. And I know that because from my comedy days, I'm very good with people and audiences. It's never bothered me. So what I did is I tried to handle it <clears throat> as professionally as I could. Check this out. So I just stopped. I stopped talking. And I literally, we went back and watched the tape. I have a videotape of it. And I stopped talking for, I want to say it was 20 or 22 seconds straight. Now imagine an already quiet room 
as quiet as a mouse. You got a guy out there talking and then he just stops. And then I just look at this lady. She had no idea. I stopped talking. She had no idea. I was looking at her, nor did her friend who was in a police uniform, by the way. And I just stared at him. And when she finally realized, oh, this motherfucker isn't talking anymore. Maybe he's looking at us. And she looked up with this look on her face like, like you would if you were a kid in school when the teacher catches you doing something wrong like this. Oh, shit, look. And I tried so hard not to say something. I actually was biting my tongue in my mouth because I was, I was fucking furious. And I went to move on and then I stopped and I said, no, I got to say something. So this is what, exactly what I said. And I know exactly what I said because I've watched the tape because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't rude to this lady. I said, ma'am, <clears throat> if you need to take that insinuating her phone, like, hey, if, you, if there's something that's that important, please take it outside. I said, ma'am, if you need to take that, please take it outside. That's exactly what I said to this woman. That is what I said. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a big deal out of this because what you're, what you're going to hear here in a second. She looked up at me and shook her head no, like, I don't need to take it. Like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And then she's still holding her phone in her hand as if she's going to go back and look at it again. So that's when I said what I said next. I, all I said was, I'm up here reliving some very hard shit. And it's a little fucking distracting when you're over there laughing. So I said it just like that. Now, when I said that, I wasn't trying to belittle this woman. I wasn't cursing and trying to like put her in her place. All right, I wasn't trying to make a mockery of this woman. I was trying to make a point like, hey, you volunteered to come to this event. You knew this stuff was heavy. And while this man's up here pouring his heart out, I'm, I'm crying in certain points. You're up there on your phone laughing, which is your right. Do your thing. But I also, it's my event. I have the right to mention that that's fucking rude, honestly. So that's what I said. And you don't even want to know the shit storm that caused. <laughs> so we live in a society now where you're just supposed to let people do whatever the fuck they want and disrespect you. And you can't do anything about it. I talk about this. I talk about these people that drive around flipping people off all the time. And that's because those motherfuckers have never been slapped in the mouth. Nobody's ever grabbed them around the throat and stuck them up against the wall and looked into their soul. And so they just get away with it. And they, they get away with disrespecting people. You can't do anything to anybody anymore, right? So that's why people are assholes. So anyway, we go on a break. I give breaks. I give two breaks during post-traumatic purpose, right? We go on a break. This woman, if she was so offended, she could have left. She had an opportunity to leave right then and never come back. But you know what she did after the break? She came back. She was so offended and so hurt that she came back after the break to finish the rest of the class. I blew it off. I didn't think anything about it after I mentioned it. I went on with my presentation. I did what I do. And then afterwards I was out front signing books. I had completely forgotten about it, to be honest with you. Um, I was out there signing books and all of a sudden the last customer comes up to the table and it's this lady and she's crying and she's visibly shaken. And I was Fully expecting some, um, like, b to get berated, honestly. That's, that's really what I was expecting. But she actually apologized. So check this out. She came up, 
And she said, I'm sorry for disrupting your event. And then she said, but you need to do, you don't know what the people in your audience are going through. And I was on Snapchat with my son and right there, you fucking lost me right there. You lost me. You came up to tell me that you're sorry for interrupting my event. You were on fucking Snapchat. (laughs) Come on. Like who does that? So I'm just supposed to say, okay, you're, you're on Snapchat with your son and he had a bad day. And I understand that he he's went through some traumatic stuff in his life. And all of a sudden that's okay for you to just start busting out laughing. She tried to make it sound like she wasn't that loud and that disruptive, but whatever I know differently. So anyway, I didn't say anything. I didn't berate her. I let her say her piece. And all I said to this woman is I said, well, thank you for apologizing. It means a lot. That's it. I honestly... I'm so tired of people making excuses when they apologize to people. I've told you this on other podcasts before. I've had people come up to me and apologize for things. And then they'll say something like, but I did that because you're the way you are. What the fuck does that mean? If you're going to apologize to somebody, apologize to them, own it and move on. Don't make excuses for your bullshit. And, and that's it. So I just, and the woman, she, she was sitting there. She's trying to tell me like what I should be doing and how I should be more sensitive to everyone that's in the audience. And first of all, I am sensitive to everybody in the audience. I start my entire presentation off with telling people, I don't know what you've been through in your life. I don't know any of you. I'm here to talk about some of the stuff I went through. And if it resonates with you and you can learn something from it, that's what I'm here for. But if I say something in here that's triggering, please stand up and walk outside and collect yourself because I fucking care about the people that are in my audience. But when you come up to somebody and you apologize to them because you were on Snapchat during the middle of a note, here's what happened afterwards. I got viciously attacked on social media viciously. I've never been attacked like this. This lady went out she made this post said that she, she couldn't even stand to drive home. She cried in her car for 15 minutes because she was traumatized from this interaction. And I'm just like, Oh, the fuck. All right. Traumatized from this interaction. All right. This is to me, this is comical when I tell you all this, because I'm just like, there's, there's fucking people getting blown up overseas right now. And babies getting snatched out of mother's arms, but you got traumatized because I caught you on Snapchat during a minute. Okay, but whatever. So your trauma is your trauma. All right. So she goes and makes this very dramatic post online. And the funny part is this. Everybody she knew fucking started adding me and tagging me and going off on me, telling me, I, I saw you're a piece of fucking shit. And this guy shouldn't even be a speaker. And he's up there. And she went, she went to talk about how I was making fun of a paralyzed man. Um, in a wheelchair and I'm not a professional speaker because I'm making fun of it. Yes. I was making fun of a fucking guy in a situation that was funny and everybody laughs at it. Every time the motherfucker ran from the police, he got hit. It severed his spine. That's not funny. But the story that I tell, because the story is I walked in on my spouse cheating on me years ago. And this man is the reason I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but this man is the reason I caught her doing that. All right. And I was saying, although he could no longer walk anymore, I'd hold him up in the air, even though his legs would be dangling and I'd kiss him on his mouth and I'd tell him, thank you for changing my life for the better. See, if you're going to tell a story, you got to tell a whole fucking story. 
So it wasn't that I was making fun of this paralyzed man. I was actually thanking this paralyzed man in a funny way because my audiences are a little like me. They're a little fucked up, honestly. So they laugh at dark humor. That's dark humor 101. Okay. So she used that against me. She went on to use other stuff in the presentation against me. And these people started attacking me, which I was like, what the fuck is this? And this is what I realized. I realized why when you get to certain levels and things that people think you're a dickhead. And I've talked about this before because people will fucking attack you for absolutely nothing. They'll attack you for it. And that's why a lot of people, and I've worked with famous people before and they, and they keep their distance from people because they're afraid they're going to be attacked by everybody. Somebody's going to want something from them. Somebody's going to use something they said against them. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's fucking hard. And when I was reading what these people were saying, I sat there and I thought, and I was like, they have no clue who they're talking about. I was like, that's what's sad. They're taking sides with a woman who wants to be traumatized. She chose to be fucking traumatized. She chose to come back in there when she had a, a break that she could have left and went and cried in the parking lot for how long ever it was, but she chose to come back and take it and to get some more, right? And that's what that's what's funny to me. It's This woman wanted to attack me because she got called out. Maybe I got long-winded on this, but I, I just I thought it was a funny story. I bit my tongue on it for a couple of weeks. But this is this is the point I'm trying to make. Don't talk shit about people you don't really know. It's so easy to jump on somebody's bandwagon because you have loyalty to somebody, because somebody wronged your friend, but you don't know you don't know the whole situation. You don't know the whole story. And chances are the person that you're making accusations about and talking about, they're really not an asshole. They really are a good fucking person. They just got caught in, in the wrong scenario, in the wrong twist was spun up on the story. And that's what happened. I'm a good fucking man. I know I'm a good man. I promise you I've done more for human beings in my life than that fucking woman has ever has. I'm not trying to turn this into a competition. But when you get attacked like that, oh my gosh. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm a saint. I told you everything that happened. We have it on tape. The whole thing was taped. She didn't know that, I guess. And if she knew that, she'd probably be more traumatized. But anyway, um, that was just a long way to get into an episode because I haven't been on in a while. I just thought I would tell that story. Um, since getting on TikTok, I posted another another thing that I talk about. <coughs> Excuse me. I posted this video where I'm talking about hypervigilance and I'm talking about secondary traumatic exposure, right? And the short video was where I'm encouraging people like, hey, look, it's okay to be hypervigilant, but it's not okay to be so hypervigilant that you exhaust your family and you exhaust yourself and you can never let your guard down and you can never live in a moment with your family. I, I Man, I've been exceptional at not living in moments with my family. I am quintessential. Watch the fucking door. Watch your six. Watch all the exits. Watch everybody in the parking lot. Watch everybody's hands. Keep your head on a fucking swivel. And we're at the country club watching a fucking tennis match. Just giving you an example. And I couldn't tell you what happened at that tennis match. I couldn't tell you... When I go out with my family and I come home, I can't tell you what the fuck we just did. I can't tell you what we talked about because my head is on a swivel and I am extremely hypervigilant and I know what that does to a family. It fucking crushes it. 
It sucks the joy and it sucks the fun and it kills moments with the people that you love because you're so hyper-focused on protecting people when there's no fucking real danger around you. We create these dangers in our mind. I tell people, it's okay to be aware. That's fine. It can hurt people being so hyper-vigilant. And what I mean is, you will make them nervous. You will make them scared of what the world is. You may think the world is scary and big and crazy and dangerous. And it may be. But they don't need to fight, figure that out that way. People need to figure out, your kids need to figure out the world for themselves. You know, it's it's like when you drive politics into your children's head. Like, what the fuck do they need to know about that for? Just let them be children. And we're stripping them of childhoods, man. Look, I would I did it to my kids. And I'm not saying, and this is... This is me going back on a vent, and I don't mean to. I'm not saying let your guard down, but I do challenge you to be aware that when you're being so hypervigilant, relax a little bit. Don't let your guard down, but relax a little bit and enjoy the moments around you. Still be aware. Still watch all the fucking doors. Listen to the creaks in the floors. Listen for car doors slamming outside. Watch motherfuckers with their hands. I don't care what you do. Do it. Protect your family at all costs. But try to do it in a manner to where you can enjoy your family too. And this is the bullshit that I got on TikTok. <laughs> Y'all go look up that video. Every motherfucker with a concealed weapons permit came on there. This is stupid. This is bullshit. I always got my six and my wife, she never watches my back. So I watches everybody and motherfuckers like my job as a father is to not have fun my job is to protect my family. And I'm like, you motherfucker are the reason your family is fucking retarded. You. You. Because your kids are going to be fucking dumb. Because you think you're goddamn Rambo. Because you think you're a Navy SEAL because you watched a movie one time. And all of a sudden, because you have some real tree camouflage at your house and you kill 75 fucking deer a year in a hunting season, that makes you an assassin. And that makes you some top tier operator. You fucking clown. You should see the fucking comments. These ain't from real hard door kicking motherfuckers. Because those guys, they know they're fucking, they're dope. They know their shit. They don't have to go online. And try to fucking tell everybody how gangster they are. And and how well trained they are. And how many fucking wars they've been in. Dude, just because you played goddamn Call of Duty does not make you a fucking combat veteran. Stop it. <laughs> Corn dicks. That's what I'm realizing about TikTok. Fucking, it is unbelievably full of corn dicks. And it's very entertaining. So what I stopped, started doing was this. I don't follow anybody on there. I just post the videos. It's for content. If you enjoy it, great. If you don't, fucking don't watch it. I don't comment. I I post and I back the fuck up and I'm like, y'all can have it. And it is wild, man. That's why I told my wife. I said, you know what? I swear to God, if I ever stop touring, I'm throwing my phone in a fucking river and I will never ever, ever be on social media again, ever. It strips you of something. It makes you 
live vicariously through other people. And I, I've talked about this on, on other, uh, other episodes too. People will sit there for hours just scrolling on social media, laying on their couch, sitting on the toilet, and feeling like they're, I don't know, man, in, in some other world. That's fucking pathetic to me. I'm not saying I don't I don't look at the videos and I don't look at other people's stuff because I do. But man, what's happening to us? God damn it, what's happening? Let me tell you how hypervigilant I am. I was in Naperville, Illinois two days ago. And my dumb ass, I was like, all right, <clears throat> I'm going to go to hit Planet Fitness up. Before I go, yeah, I go to Planet Fitness because I'm 45 years old. Youngsters, y'all shut the fuck up. I was like, I'm going to walk to the gym. It says it's three minutes away. So I I put on my shoes, whatever. I'm walking out the door. 30 minutes later, I'm still walking. And I'm like, this is bullshit. It kept changing the route on me. And 30 minutes later, I end up, and I'm sweating. I got sweat pouring all down my back and in my ass crack. And so I walk in, I check in, I get a muscle milk. And I look at the guy and I said, thank you. He goes, you're heading out already? I go, yep. And then I turned around and just walked back to the hotel. So I did an hour of cardio right there. Just got my little muscle milk in. So while I was walking back, I'm always aware of what's going on around me, right? Because I'm hypervigilant. There was a man probably 500 yards behind me and All of a sudden, I see a shadow over my right shoulder, and it was so fast, I jumped like three feet in the air and spun around because I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but somebody's ass was about to get some kind of like karate nobody's ever seen in this world. It literally scared me, but I saw it coming, and it was fast, and I was just aware of it, and when I turned around, it was a damn car. This car made no sound. All I, all I saw was the shadow. I saw the shadow and I thought that man ran up on me. And then I looked back and he was back there and I think he saw me and I fucking look stupid, but that, that's hypervigilance at its finest. So we just ended, um, ended the month. I, I was, I did a, I did a really big event in Ridgeland, South Carolina. So I'm actually from the low country of South Carolina in a small town called Bluffton but I live in Charleston now and where I've lived for, you know, 23 years. And I went back home to do an event, man. And I was excited about it because I was like, this is going to be a really good event. So we went back and we did post-traumatic purpose and there were 300 something people there. And this is what's cool, man. There was, um, there were people from eight fucking States there. There were people flew in from Nevada. Some people came from Louisiana. People came from Maryland. There were people from eight States at post-traumatic purpose. That's amazing. That, to me, in my heart, justifies why I do what I do. There's nobody on this planet that's doing mental health events for first responders the way that I do. It's just, it's just not happening. And I'm not gloating. What I'm trying to tell you is in the beginning, when everybody told me this wouldn't fucking work, nobody would support it. Look at it now. So anytime in your life you have somebody telling you what not to do, when your gut is telling you to do it, you fucking do it and you hang in there and you press on. 
I've been doing this since 2016, all right? And I remember in 2016 when I first started, I had somebody tell me, you'll never get first responders to support mental health and to support whatever you got to say to them, ever. I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And I remember for a split second thinking, damn, maybe he's right. But that's not me. I do what I'm going to do regardless of what you fucking think. I've always been that way. And that's why I've always been pleased with myself and happy with that. How many of us out there make our decisions based on what other people may say or what other people may think? And how many of us have entrepreneurial spirits that have been fucking crushed because you have somebody that doesn't have that same spirit telling you what to do? And chances are... They're scared as shit to do anything in their life. That's why they stay in the same box that they're in and they try to keep everybody else in a box. They don't want to see people break out. Here's what I'm getting at. Two fucking people from where I come from were at that event. Out of 300, two. Two. People came from eight states away. Eight states away. Yet only two people came from my old department. I want you to think about that. I'm not putting anybody on blast. That's not what I do. But I talk real shit. And this is what I'm getting at. Somebody told me a long time ago in comedy. They said, everybody's your friend when you ain't somebody. And when you're not doing good, everybody's your friend. But the second you get a taste of success, the second anybody thinks you're successful, you're going to lose more friends than you ever fucking had. And I remember that conversation too. Because I never thought that would happen to me. But it has. And this is what I mean. Motherfuckers would rather see you laying on a couch. Popping pills. Feeling sorry for yourself. Beating your wife. Abusing your fucking family. While they're on the sidelines. Pretending like they care about you and they'll be there for you at any time and all they want to do is help you and they want to see you they want to see you win and they'll they're gonna be there for you to do anything they can to support you. But the second you get on your feet and you start winning, the motherfuckers are nowhere to be found. So fuck them. I'm telling you right now, go out there and crush it. And you go out there and crush it for yourself. And for your purpose. And don't worry about anybody else. Don't let anybody hold you back. Don't worry about people's opinions. People's opinions are going. They're going to have them regardless. You ain't going to like it. Because I promise you. People are going to hate on you. People are going to say negative things about you. They're not going to be there to support you. But if you fell on your face today. And you were in the gutter. You'd be surprised at how many people would supposedly be around wanting to help you and lift you up and see you do well. I never thought my life would come to that. And it's pretty sad. So to my boy Steve that was at my event and my boy Sugar that showed up at the event with your wife, I fucking love you. You showed me support. All the way through. And I really appreciate that.
What do you call um what do you call a chicken that sees lettuce? I'm gonna ask you one more time. What do you call a chicken that sees lettuce? A chicken sees a salad. Yeah, we just went there. That that's me running out of material. Um chicken sees a salad. <laughs> Man, I just, I really needed to get an episode out to you guys. Um, 2023 is winding down for me. I am actually in Los Angeles next, uh, on the 28th. They, uh, Los Angeles Firefighter, Los Angeles County Firefighter Association, they were going to keep that event just for them, but they have recently opened that event. So if you're on the West Coast or if you're anywhere and you want to fly to that event, that event is now open to everyone. All you have to do is go to my website and register. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know if it's free. I don't know anything. I shared the link. They asked me to share it. So typically events are free. I don't know if this one is or not, but you can, you can find out if you go to the event site. Um, after that, I'm in Hawaii for a private thing with the federal government. Um, and then I'm done for the year. I'm done until January and, uh, dude, I'm 2024 is going to be a monster. 2024 starts off in Shreveport, Illinois, January the 16th. And, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all straight up. I'm doing half the dates next year that I did this year. So after 162 events, you can hear I'm still losing my voice. I got to take care of me. I can't do what I do if I don't, if I don't take care of me, I got to take my foot off the throttle a little bit. And what that means is I'm just going to take it off the throttle on the road, but I am going to amp up these, um, these podcasts. We're actually going to start doing video production of it. I'm going to start handling that. And I'm going to start finishing that book for 2024, my second book. And uh, I'm going to start doing all that stuff. I'm going to enjoy time with my family. I'm going to enjoy time on my farm. I'm going to go do things. I'm not going to a fucking tennis match. I can't stand tennis. I don't even know why I used that story earlier. Um, I might go see a rodeo or something. That's more up my alley. But that's what I'm getting at. My dates will be limited next year. But every single one of you are welcome to every single one of them as long as there is a registration link. Um, my tour dates will always be on my website, uh, 2024, it, the, the dates will be out probably in the next month or so. I'm still tightening up a few things, but I'll tell you right now, Columbus, Ohio, that's your ass. I'm coming to you. Um, uh, I know Shreveport, Louisiana, I'm going to be in California. I'm going to be in Oregon. I'm going to be, uh, I want to say Kentucky, uh, North Carolina, uh, Pennsylvania, and a few other places just I can't think of right off the top of my head. But I'm going to do about 15 dates next year, and that's it. So I hope to see you all at one. Um, I didn't mean for this to sound like a, a event session, a bitch session, but I've been so fucking busy, I, I didn't even know what to talk about today. So I just wanted to get on here, say uh, hello to everybody. Thank you for following me on TikTok and helping blow that page up, even though I just called y'all. Some of y'all, um, some, some Rambo wannabes, a shoe fits motherfucker, you know, um, that doesn't mean I don't love you, but you don't, you don't have to act like you're spec ops, chill the fuck out. You're not impressing anybody with that shit. Sup yourself. Um, other than that, that's all I got. I love y'all. Um, please take time. If you want my book to go and grab that book, create your own light. Uh, it's on Amazon. It's on my website. Um, yeah, I appreciate y'all. I love you. Thank you.